Hey, my name is Vaibhav Sharma and you're listening to Just Baatein. Hey guys, welcome back to Jizbate. My name is Ashwin. Like always, I have Pratib alongside with me. Pratib and I don't really have a lot in common. But the one thing we do have in common today is that both of us are sick. I mean, we have done this before. I think the episode with Yogita, ma'am, the psychologist. So go check that out. If you haven't, but yes, Pratib and I are sick. Pratib, before I introduce the guest, you have mm-hmm. a lot of passions. You have a lot of things that you hold on to i mean you of course have a lot of people around you too but you do have a lot of passions the question to you mm. is how do you prioritize it do you prioritize the those passions in terms of how much money they bring to you or in terms of how much happiness they bring to you uh i'd say it's a bit of a trade off uh, obviously things that do make me happy uh are awesome to do but at the same time i need to also look out for my financial part of things and i mean you can never have enough money and i'm particularly inclined to money so i would say sometimes i do prioritize sort of things that get me money but at the same time they bring me joy as well uh, and other times maybe it also depends on other factors like if i want to play cricket i do need more people with me to play cricket. Yeah, that's so true, yeah. that's yeah. that i mean to yeah. be fair bringing more money itself can be a passion so even that can bring you happiness so yeah why not but yes talking about the guest and introducing him he does have a lot of passion he he plays the trumpet he's played for when chime at toast he's played for canada india youth orchestra he's a motorsport lover he's a beautiful writer i've also seen his art stuff and he says he's not a good painter but i think otherwise cuz he's beautiful but He's here today to talk about his entrepreneurial skills, the word I practiced for so long. But yes, he's here for that. Vaibhav Sharma, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much. It's great to be on here. It's great to have you. Now, before we jump on and talk about ah, your entrepreneurial skills, <laughs> that word. But before we talk about that, we have an icebreaker for you. So I know a story of about how you played a musical piece on the trumpet. which no one else could and you made uh, swami narayan who's your mentor narayan swami oh narayan sorry swami. narayan swami sorry i'm so oh yeah damn it but narayan swami no, no you mentor tear up and you made the whole crowd emotional do you remember how you felt when you got off stage and what you thought and what you felt back then yeah so i mean is definitely euphoric uh, you know cuz uh, yeah in fact just earlier today i was talking about it with my mom funnily enough uh, but yeah uh, you know it just it was a it was a moment of calm because everybody was just quiet and just reveling in the emotion of the moment itself mm-hmm. so that that was something special i would say definitely i would i would probably rank it up in like you know the top 3 you know biggest achievements of mine uh, yeah, as far as music is concerned yeah i mean oh. like if, if 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 you move people with the things that you do then that's all that counts mm-hmm. oh yeah that's fair yeah Uh, so now I think we'll get straight into it. I want to know a little bit about your entrepreneurial side uh, of things. Uh, so it says mm-hmm. you're an undergraduate in computer science. You've also done integration engineering and software engineering where you've worked. Uh, having mm-hmm. all this engineering background, was there a screw that turned that made you move into business, or was business or something around money something you always wanted to get into from the start? or was it uh, something around say a 
curious curiosity to build and create stuff awesome so i think you know while dialing it back, back even further than that i would say the initial passion was always to join the air force as a pilot and then uh, okay. i never got into the nda i tried my hand i tried my hand at the afcat mm-hmm. got up to the last day or, like mm-hmm. you know where we had the the board uh, meeting so to speak i'm forgetting the exact term for it but uh, we had that and then out of 147 people they only picked one person and then when i came out of you know that entire weeks worth of uh, you know boot camp and living a different lifestyle that i'm typically used to i was just like this is probably not something i'm cut out for uh and by this time i, I was already i was already you know four years down with engineering and uh, my eyes had been open to you know opportunities that could arise by leveraging your skill sets and technology mm-hmm. to build things right so uh, i would say that started back in college itself where you know i always wanted to uh, uh when i say always i mean say since second year of college wanted to start something of my own um something specific it it's it started off with an idea uh, and uh, you know but i never really had one the skill set to the guidance uh, you know to uh, get around mm-hmm. uh, going go, going about it so I just like you know what i'm okay with you know taking like a couple of years to just immerse myself in the ecosystem of well business in itself by being one among the contributors as far as you know being a developer and so on just seeing how in, you know companies are ranging from you know product to service companies from you know startups to established unicorns to um, like up and coming companies and so on uh, you know just had got my hands dirty in terms of actually developing and building myself as an individual through these and then picking up you know bits and pieces here and there from the business teams within these larger organizations in terms of how they go about running these businesses so you know and again you know while working here you you obviously you network with people across right. different uh, yeah. walks of life and mm-hmm. and one thing leads to another and you end up realizing hey you, or other i and i specifically you know ended up taking a pause and saying hey okay i think i've uh, had my fair share of you know working as an employee now i want to start something of my own you know because well it's all it's uh, no better time than now right um so i was like what do i have at my disposal mm-hmm. that's quote unquote mm-hmm. my, my unfair advantage right so took stock of that and then sort of just dove into it and uh, i would say that's what kicked it off but you was it an inclination like was so then you could have because you always wanted to start a business eventually you could have also done an undergrad in business right so or was it that you had you wanted to do something related to computers or technology was it because was it because of that is that why you did engineering or because you had so, to do no i w- neither right oh. uh it's just it's, it's truly to be honest uh, i was never academically inclined i was always one of those kids uh, you know who was more uh, into extracurricular right. uh, activities i played mm-hmm. probably every sport there is except for hockey um you know at uh, at some decent level uh, then you know martial arts and basically my my folks pushed me into everything possible so that i can get that you know that those different kinds of exposure because that's how they were also raised mm-hmm. by you know just being uh kids that had fun so i was never deprived of those opportunities and that sort of i would say i was never really like i said academically inclined and then when i came to 12th grade uh i had really fudged up uh you know my grades and uh, i was just like okay what do I, what again like at that point i took stock in terms of what am i good at 
then I looked at my grades and I was like, computer science is something that's always been my saving grace because that's something that just came to me. Uh, you know, even though my teacher back in school never really liked me because I was always a notorious kid in her class, according to her. So, but, but having said that, I ended up scoring well enough. So she always had this like love-hate relationship. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. Let, let me dive into computer science engineering and how do I go about that? Then just over into it. Oh, that's that's such a beautiful story. Now I've come into your room. I've one of the fortunate ones who's walked into the room, of course. Mm-hmm. But you have a you have a whole wall filled with whiteboard and filled with things written on it. And it almost felt like I was in a I was watching a movie because every tech movie, like I mean, at least they show <laughs> that that's all people do. But it felt like that. And I've we have also had a conversation about this and how you locked yourself in the room before you started company because you wanted to write things down and make sure everything was okay. But what was what was one unexpected obstacle that you faced while starting the company itself? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. I would, as far as building businesses go, I sort of had the easy way because I had a couple of mentors who were. Uh, veterans themselves in the space mm-hmm. to help me get off the ground but uh, i would say probably on the personal front there were a few adversities that i had to dive through over the course of building the company right. itself that's probably something unexpected that that didn't really pose too much of an obstacle or a threat because i kept building regardless but mm-hmm. uh, it definitely did, did come in the way it was a you know a patch of mud on the road i mean I feel like the idea of being a born leader is very overrated. I don't think anyone can be a born leader. But do you think the experience that you have had even in school, you were house captain, vice captain, you you were a lot of you took responsibilities in a in a lot of different positions. Do you think that helped you in one way or the other because being a founder and starting a business is also manhandling. Like you have to you have people under you, you have a whole team. So do you feel like that came naturally <laughs> to you or was there a lot of pressure? um it was a funny crude way of putting it but uh so there i would say the only thing that comes decently enough to me is what my parents like to call the gift of the gab mm-hmm. where i can talk i like i'm mm-hmm. i'm capable of clear communication and mm-hmm. uh that sort of helped me in my path so just they, they you know I've, uh, my folks always want me to say uh, get into say doing an mba post my work experience why don't you go why don't you go and i was like hey i want to start a business you know that's not something that i want to necessarily dive into and i was literally at a point where I, you know there was a fork in the road i was like okay which way do i go so uh yeah i never really was necessarily good at it because i didn't have past experience of managing teams at large but uh, i would say over the course of working as a software dev and stuff there were instances where you know in the work setting i led a few people got objectives done um you know stood up to uh, i would say took it upon myself to um rise up to the occasion of you know say when somebody had to demo something to a fortune 50 company uh, and their mm-hmm. internet died out because everybody is remote working thanks to covid uh, i had the i had internet functional and even though i didn't develop any of what they were going to de- demonstrate i managed to just sort of run through it and also breeze past the obvious bugs that were present and managed to convince the guys that they were on track and doing well so like i think it's just about you know weaving the story uh, right. the the capability to you know um put yourself in different people's shoes or, or, the, or you know uh basically find fresher perspectives that are not intrinsically your own uh 
that's something that helps along the process for sure yeah uh, so along those lines itself uh, so the initial question i was going to ask was how was your first day in corporate uh, and how was your first time leading a team how did that make you feel but now because you've already spoken a bit about leadership are you one of those people who sort of get uh, a kick i guess from leading teams or and i mean do you feel that that somewhere is something that comes to you more naturally than maybe working under someone because or or if you want to phrase it in mm. a way just that you work better individually as compared to in a team no so um it's not like i have an aversion to work you know as part of bigger teams that i don't necessarily mm-hmm. run point on uh i mean i've been there i've done that and right. <coughs> i think that's a it's just about I, I, whether you look at it from you know looking at looking at upwards to a boss or mm-hmm. looking at downwards mm-hmm. to subordinates mm-hmm. it's just about you know how do you share an equation with another human being that makes sense so at the end of the day that's literally what defines any working equation so i don't even look at it as i literally don't look at it as leading a team right like i just look at it as that being like you know being one among a team that's collectively working towards good goals or mm-hmm. good objectives mm-hmm. and they're trying to make a difference in the way that we're working so uh, that's essentially the core focus which is why like you know for me if i were to say hire somebody you know the skill set does matter to but to a very minor degree because skills are acquirable but personality char- characteristic traits of a person those are all um, i would say indispensable right mm-hmm. and uh, you need somebody who you can synergize with who you know can synergize with mm-hmm. everyone around you yeah. who can add value by just being themselves and then when you get them onto the team you give them the freedom to fail and you give them the freedom to be themselves and you become a team so it's not something that uh, you know you necessarily find a kick out of uh, in terms of saying hey i lead a few people and you mm-hmm. know build a company it's just about hey i want to build a product i focus on the product building Are, does this idea sound good to you do you want to add your value and skill set to building this product with me let's go that's it yeah that's a very constructive way of looking at things and uh, i mean that's a great point that you made about probably synergizing with uh, your teammate colleague uh, in situations where maybe you're not uh, synergizing well and and because i think personally for me also i'm just getting into the corporate world so there are times when uh, i don't sort of probably gel well with someone in these situations what is something that you can do to maybe better that relationship and get work done mm, see that's something that's not an objective answer it's a very subjective thing right mm-hmm. so right. to try and abstract it as best possible and look at it from you know top down view i'd probably say just one take stock of what the equation is at uh, have a bias and try your best to have an unbiased uh, opinion of you know what the situation is is it is it a you problem or is it right. the problem of the person who you can't right. synergize with right, right? like right. i always i always look inward first like inward first and then mm. let's like say okay cool is there something that i can Makes do sense. to actively fix it without necessarily mm. straining an equation you know so yeah just deal like i would say taking accountability for what part you have to mm. play in an equation with the person and yep. uh, you know uh, just being honest with yourself and having the empathy to fix it if it's your fault mm-hmm. right. and uh, the empathy to do that and on the ownership and the accountability to do so because mm-hmm. it does take that yeah. yeah i think a lot of people forget to look at themselves first 
because that's the most important yeah, thing right but like, it's yeah. also very easy to blame it on the other person because if you have to think about yourself then yeah in the heat of it. the moment it's always yeah. so that's <laughs> that's something that i've like sort of like you know uh been doing most of my life which is if ever there comes a time where this you know the moment the situation gets a little heated i just go mute and just take a pause because i know i'm not going to answer intelligently i know i'm not going to contribute valuably to the situation to make it better so just take a few steps back say hey let's take some time to think cool off and then approach this together you have uh, been through a lot a lot more than anyone i mean a lot more than i know and so the question is how how do you go through that personally and then come up to the company come up in front of your team and have the day go forward how do you show up what do you do mm-hmm. how how do you personally deal with it then the next day go up and go in front of your team and make sure that the company is running mm, that that's that's a uh, definitely a tough one to see sometimes you, you just have to swallow the bitter pill sometimes right and just like your day can be going shitty but if you are contributing that or propagating that you know crappy feeling that you have onto your team you're just not adding value and you're being a poor team team player right so that's something that uh, it's i would say it's definitely a two way street in terms of my team making it a safe space for me as well mm-hmm. so that that goes back into you know getting people on board who you know are just good human beings fundamentally and like that's the most important thing um when you have like a safe space to work you you are in you are in a comfort zone because it's then it doesn't feel like you're going to work you're just yeah. going to another place where you have like a bunch of friends with you who are you know working with you mm-hmm. so then you can just you can just be yourself and like if you if you obviously need need your space you get your space like right. people don't necessarily interrupt and if you if you're obviously going through you know uh, like a, a you're having a moment in a day you'll have people who approach you and like you know are there for you and look out for you and uh, this in fact has even extended to you know people outside my team i work with you know people like the product folks like sohas and adi uh, who run the product folks uh, they're a huge community that they, they they run a huge community rather you know over like you know 100000 people and so on uh, these guys like these guys we we worked with them we collaborated with them on products and stuff and you know they they are very good friends and they they've known you know uh, whenever i've had a downtime and stuff and they it, it's a personal touch that just matters mm-hmm. so you know like they like one day for example like it'll, it'll i'll never forget like you know they just on two separate occasions one day they just sent me like you know ice cream and one day they sent me like junk food just to <laughs> they knew i was working into the vrs of the night and they just shipped it home and you know that just made all the difference to me and like it was just like that one act of kindness that just made the day uh, you know worth it so it's just about finding the right people and qualities within people mm-hmm. to uh, work with and the only way you can do that is if you are making an active effort yourself to be that person to other people now taking a step back we actually we have a question of about how your parents influenced you because you spoke about how your folks at home influenced you to get into a lot of things but we asked your mom about how she, she found out about your company so i mean we have a voice recording so i'll play that for you oh wow are you serious okay yeah. <laughs> you know when he floated the company um, on in may in uh, 21 
and um, you know that th- this was an accomplishment actually for us actually because we had no clue about it and uh, he was working day and night on it and then the when the company uh, was launched and that was a major major accomplishment for him uh, for uh, you know for him to do it like we worked very hard for it and his dream is to become a billionaire a multi billionaire and uh, he is working towards it and i'm really proud of him about that and uh, i hope uh, and i i'm sure he will make it uh, yes yeah she asked is like how oh, it's been playing on my mind for some time now like i'm sure it hasn't <laughs> that seems fishy <laughs> Yeah so even the ice breaker was her information her telling me what happened yeah. Yeah. I needed to find a few stories about you so yes I did that but yeah I can't believe they didn't know about you starting a company this way by the way why didn't you tell anyone so, about did yeah. you tell anyone about it Yeah you know so I, they were in the loop but uh, they didn't know to what degree because initially it started off as just you know me working with a few people and product managing a few projects that are running right um you know that that was the that was the only inkling that i would give out to them because mm-hmm. uh one i guess probably for personal you know superstitious reasons even though yeah. i'm not really superstitious mm-hmm. person, right. uh but i'm just i'm just like i don't want it to be a disappointment if it doesn't pan out one and two i just i just want to i had rather spend my energies focusing on building the company and then tell them hey it's you know like this is where i'm this is what i'm doing and show them proof of the work right like just i'd say that ties down to uh you know the way the ecosystem that i'm working in so proof mm-hmm. of work is right. a consensus okay. mechanism yes. but basically <laughs> sorry it's just a poor segue into a conversation but yeah um winding back uh, i think i just wanted to show them like you know the work saying hey look i this is what i'm working on this is what it's tangibly planning out to this is what we are going working towards and what my life is going to look like for the next few years so uh yeah i think they needed that confidence until then i was like so i was moonlighting for like the first month uh, first i would say 3 months 2 3 mm-hmm. months building the company and then when i had to take the leap of faith in terms of going full time i took it with their you know uh, not necessarily the consent even though i always had their consent but uh, just again like i think is just for my own peace of mind i had to ask them saying hey are you guys okay with me you know going full time and then both of them were like you know saying you got to follow your dreams if not now then when so just they like, mm-hmm. go for it so they've been unendingly supportive every step of the way so. how have your parents influenced you while growing up and i don't know if i can if i can ask you this or if this is appropriate but how has no no for sure the last few years uh made you feel or think about them or has anything changed and i'm not going to talk about oh, what yeah, happened because it's not my place but yes just that yeah no no for sure like no definitely so my parents have always been like hard workers they have been through so much uh so many rather trials and tribulations over the course of the years bringing me up and stuff and uh they never they were relentless in their pursuit to just you know get to better pastures in life Mm-hmm. and uh, i think they did it like you know mom and dad have always just been super super hard workers and they've been they've been you know multiple i would say two or three instances where both of them have gone a year at the same time without a job and stuff and they still managed to like you know make sure my mm-hmm. my education my extracurricular activities mm-hmm. nothing was ever hampered and uh, you know and imagine like you know 
even after having done all of that uh dad always used to quote this one moment back when i was like you know i think around 6 or 7 where there was a street vendor who was selling like these plastic toys for like 10 rupees and this car and stuff and i asked uh for a plastic toy but then back then we literally like literally didn't have the money to afford it at that point in time and uh, that's something that always broke his heart and like he immediately when he could afford it he went and got me some so i was just like you know the heart that always stuck through and like these you know they they also tried their hand that you know their own levels of entrepreneurship uh they tried mm-hmm. starting a couple of companies over the years some before mm-hmm. i was born or some just as i was born but i was too young to you know understand what's going on um and as recently as say 20 no 2009 was when like you know dad tried to start his last uh, consulting venture and so on so in fact that landed him his like last uh, role before he retired so uh, yeah i mean these guys have just been such hard workers and it makes me you know like being where i am right now you definitely do have like a a reality check in terms of the hardships that your parents go through for you mm-hmm. just to right. put not only put food on the table but make it like a good well spread meal right and mm-hmm. you know to to uh, make you get whatever it is that you want without ever having to say no to you like and in the process they do so many other things like even run a household and like to yeah, this yeah. day i cannot for the life of me wake up early <laughs> with an alarm because <laughs> like when i sleep is like death with benefits and then here my mom is waking up at 5 am making sure like That's you know also before i wake up i sleep like, around 5 6 o'clock i mean the light <laughs> in your room is like, all let, is on let, let, let's not dive into the sleep issues <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, like you know joke apart like you know yeah even when i do sleep fairly on time uh it's it's tough for me to wake up and like you know get things moving like my dad always used to have issues with me in terms of you know you don't contribute to things in the house you don't clean you don't do this you don't do that everything's handed to you and there's always a sense of like you know uh, there's always an undertone of saying you don't need to do it but like you realize the values that you don't contribute as a human being and so on yeah. right so like that's something that they they made sure they i don't even know how two people can just do so well as parents and like mm-hmm. a family in terms of bringing themselves up bringing all of us up collectively as a family doing well for yourself and your careers uh setting your kid up you know with all the ambition he needs to face the world uh, whether it's academically whether it's uh extracurricular wise making sure i always had whatever it is that i asked for without having mm-hmm. to say no and re- raising me without ever having raised a hand on me like not once right. right like they've only they've just been methodical with the way they've gone about it so yeah like there's a deep rooted sense of gratitude appreciation and like just love i would say for them that i had mm. after having just doing something as minuscule as trying to start a company so yeah i'm just like yeah i have long ways to go before i can clean the house and stuff but uh, <laughs> uh you know that's those are learning curves i look forward to for sure uh i'm taking a step back uh, you spoke a lot mm-hmm. about sort of product and the stuff you've done with uh, the product folks and everything uh, so could you tell us a little bit more about product itself uh, what all mm-hmm. does it encompass uh, what do you guys do at cope as well okay cool so i think it's just uh, uh, to probably add to your question i think you're asking about product mm-hmm. building like how do we go about how do we yes, rather yeah. go about product building yeah yeah 
so in a nutshell cope is a startup that builds other startups right we started off as right. what the world calls a web 2 product studio and mm-hmm. uh, I, i i won't dive into the nuances of web 1 2 and 3 but uh, oh, pratap loves that by the way oh my god i can't stop listening to it but yes and we also have an episode on it so for oh, sure so we started off uh, started off as a web 2 product studio and then pivoted mm-hmm. to being a web 3 product studio so right. so you know like product building probably has four main pillars to it which you have design engineering growth and product itself i mean i say product i mean management right so the management is responsible for making sure things are well orchestrated reach the end goal on time if not ahead of time if not on time uh, you know and being cognizant of timelines and uh, i would say the quality of product that you put out and also you know chiming in having everyone chime in rather on how the product vision takes shape so mm-hmm. it's a little broad scoped as a question in terms of how do we go about right. product right. development but to sort of uh, keep it as brief as possible i'd say you know we it ties back to our uh, the framework that we had set at cope itself which is as 0 to 1 so initially so basically we help startups get from 0 to 1 now you can be an already existing company that's trying to do a sub feature or a product then you need hands on deck or uh, you know you're a new startup that has a great vision but not necessarily the manpower or the skill set in an area mm-hmm. but yeah. needs the you know the hands on experience so we functioned like we still do function like the extended founding team for these ideas uh, you know so we basically we got our hands dirty with not only thinking about what the product is going to be the go to market strategy the product vision in itself how is it going to scale over the like short mid and long term which is mm-hmm. 1 3 and 5 years uh, how do you go about fundraising who to put you in touch with and how do you sort of you know have like your collaterals ready your uh, website and your product ready we get our hands dirty with design and engineering that way as well so sort of mm-hmm. encompassing everything around the product building uh, the uh, product being built rather uh, which is why we say we're the extended founding team so that's typically how we do that cope and uh, i mean because web3 okay now it's been around for quite some time but still it's relatively new as a concept uh, to a lot of people so how do you go about explaining this to someone who's probably not a part of the ecosystem already <laughs> and has that posed difficulty in probably raising rounds of funding and that kind of stuff right so uh Hmm. that's a multi pronged question there so just taking what web3 is in itself uh, today this the adoption rates are very low right like the, the fundamental target right. of most web3 com- companies or you know blockchains in itself are to bring people onto the web3 ecosystem um, mm-hmm. so that's a, that's still a work in progress um, educating right. people is still something that hasn't been fully cracked there's no resounding name for saying hey right. here's yeah. where you go to learn about web3 right like that's right. probably one of the biggest races or other that can that can take shape if it's not already um yeah so helping people understand does get a little tricky uh just about tearing it down into as simple terminologies as possible without diving too much into the jargon right so web 1.0 was like you know military based started by the army yeah us army and all of that and uh, you know it was information that you could only read 
Web2 is what you know it uh, as okay. today, where you contribute to it, but you don't own any of the information. Like YouTube owns your videos, Instagram owns your images. You know, they can just shut down the application anytime and then you just lose access. So uh, things like that. But then Web3 is where not only do you contribute, but you actually own your own uh, mm-hmm. content, your identity and right. so on. Then it's it's decentralized, decentralization, scalability and, you know, security. And that's mm-hmm. a dilemma of, you know, the uh, blockchain. And uh, yeah, I think it just sort of ties back into what the ecosystem is in itself. Last couple of questions before we end this. But I'm going to stick with mental health because that's something I'm comfortable with. But I mean, you talk about how, I mean, we've had a conversation off camera back home and everything about how you find time to do things you love. So motorsport, riding the bike around, traveling and meeting your friends. But how important is it for you to meet how important is it for you to have your employees do that too? Like have your employees make sure they are doing mentally well? How important, not employers, but teammates. So yeah, but employees, they are your employees. So yeah, no. how important is I it? Think it's, <laughs> I think it's probably one of the most important things for me. Like me personally, right? Like uh, um, it, it's, it's deeply humbling to have a team on board that believes in the vision to the point where they're burning the midnight oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask me as a startup as any company for that matter if you look at even like a KPMG at its scale and like you know it's long term existence they still mm-hmm. grill employees to the point where they're working 18 hour days and so on Now, uh, uh, yeah for sure uh, but uh, you know even in here building Coop and stuff like I've lost track of the number of days I've spent at the office like stayed over and stuff uh, now that's me right now but about my teammates uh, they we Typically, see, it's important to be cognizant of the fact that if you're trying to be a team that actually impacts change, you have to move quick and you have to do it with as limited number of resources as possible. That does end up you burning the midnight oil. Right. But uh, I I always make it a point to say, hey, dude, like, you know, stop working, go home, get some sleep. It's okay to pick this up. Oh, so tomorrow. you make the conscious effort of telling them and everything? I do. Like, I do. I do. I chase them out. I chase them home. Like, I'm just like, dude, go home. Just like go spend time with your family, take, you know, go on a date, do something like, like <laughs> go for a walk, eat junk food, like go to the gym, like live your life because it's important to do that. It's very important because you will just end up burning out. Like I do not enforce people working on the weekends at all. I'm just like weekends are yours until and unless there's like a project that we have, we have like a long-term Mm-hmm. Uh, site of like you know we've known about it for a few mm-hmm. weeks months and we say hey okay we're cutting short on the deadline we have to really pull a weekend uh, thing for this uh, I don't really ask anyone to work the weekends at all um, and uh, even then right like I think it's just like if you are not there with them working you are being a, a poor leader Right. Uh, and of course, that, that that doesn't mean just go there and sit. Right? It means you have to do something that contributes meaningfully to the problem. Like you contribute meaningfully to making things, making life easier and trying to get it done so that they don't burn the midnight oil. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think I've always made sure that uh, you know, uh, I've showed up and just been there with them. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I now we in fact... Uh, it's a fun office space. We have Nerf guns in the office, so I end up oh, shooting yeah. people and saying, "Go!" Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so that yeah, so I was like, yeah, so just like like you know, have like a full on Nerf war in the office and say, "Go home while you're here." <laughs> it's like six p.m. It's like seven p.m. Like bounce off. <laughs> so 
But that's nice though. So that's a good environment to stay in. And if your boss is doing that, what better company to work at? Well, thank you so much for all of this time of yours. But this is how we end our podcast. Are you a tea or a coffee person? Yes. Coffee. Oh really? You didn't even give it a second thought. How disappointing. I mean, good for you. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm good. I'm good at. I'm good with tea also. But I'm just like I'm. I'll. I'll instantly choose coffee. Right. We have this leadership board where we count how many guests mm-hmm. choose coffee, and I Time think except apart, like yeah. apart from the two of us, and I think one more, everyone's chosen one or two guests. Coffee, yeah, everyone's yeah. chosen coffee. That's a disappointment. I think <laughs> one of the reasons I've I've I like I hope you guys bump into him is because he'll take you to Shell, and that's when your eyes will open up, <laughs> drinking the best hot chocolate in the world. Oh, that's just too bloody good. Oh, I think that's a recommend. Like, you guys should go to the Shell petrol pump and have hot chocolate. Like, that's the best thing in the world. Only those in Bangalore and around Coromandel. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Only okay. those in Bangalore, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Vaibhav, thank you so much for joining in. This has been a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much. Yo, yo, thanks for tuning into the latest episode of Just Bate. We hope you enjoyed it and that it left you inspired. Thanks for all your support and maybe you could support us just a little more by maybe going to our Instagram and Twitter and giving us a follow there. And also you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms right from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts. Cheers.